Hey there, Crosswinds family and friends. Welcome to Crosswinds Unleashed. Each week, we're dedicated to bringing the best stories and biblical life principles from authentic believers. Our podcast breaks down the Christian life through interviews and practical instructions in hopefully a fun and accessible way. I'm Craig Cooper. I'm the I'm the host of the podcast and lead pastor of Crosswinds Church. And as I like to do, I'm going to give a special shout out to Elijah Merrill, our producer. If you want to help us, there's three things you can do. You can follow this podcast. You can share it with a friend. You can rate it, especially if you're going to rate it well. And you can leave us a review, especially if it's a good review. Well, I'm excited about my guests. They are definitely uh, not new to our podcast, but Betty Ryan, thanks for being with us. It's a pleasure. And Brian Solar, thanks for being with us. It's so good to see you again, Craig. It's great to have you here. Well, we're going to, we're going to, today is Good Friday, uh, at least when this podcast is released. I don't know when you're listening to it, but, but as it's released, it's Good Friday. And so we're going to walk through um, really the death, resurrection, and, and even the uh, ascension of Christ over the next three weeks. We're going to start by talking a little bit about sort of our, own sort of um, history of, of what it what, what Easter looked like to us, what Good Friday looked like to us, and sort of uh, talk about when those things became um, not just real to us, but when, when we first understand that Easter was uh, about something much more significant than, an, than a bunny hopping around and leaving us chocolate. And so I'm going to go to Betty first and say, you know, just sort of what's your story as far as Easter goes? You know, I, I wasn't raised in the church, if you will, in my younger years. So uh, Easter was all about the Easter bunny and eggs and parties and friends and that kind of thing. And um, as I look back, uh, I know that we believed in God. We knew that um, there was God and who he was, the one and only, but we didn't um, understand a relationship with him and we didn't practice our faith very well. So it's almost regretful to me that when I think back, that was what it was to me and um, not having a, a true understanding at all of it. And I'll tell you, it certainly makes me desire for my children and grandchildren to be different, for them to truly understand what what this season is all about and what it means to our lives. So when did it actually become, to use it, not to know a better word, but real to you? Yeah, I wish I could tell you an exact date it became real to me. I was baptized in my late 20s, and I think that's when it really be, I really began to understand what it means for me in my life to even fathom how our Creator, our God, uh, the, the Sovereign One, would die for us, would die for me. I'd, it was, it's, it's unbelievable and um, certainly one of those things that draws me to desire a deeper relationship with him and to want to celebrate in a way that honors him and shares him. How can we not know this and begin to understand it at a deeper level and then not want to just share it with other people and reflect it in our own lives? How about you, Brian? Yeah, so uh, similar to Betty, and if you know my story at all, I didn't really begin to journey with a church family. My family didn't journey with a church family until... I was about nine years old or so. So uh, one thing, just Easter is so different than Christmas, even as a kid growing up, not in faith. Like there's this magical wonder about the Christmas time and there's anticipation for the morning and it's this this month or for you, Craig, four-month buildup of <laughs> uh, Christmas Day. 
And so you're always, it's always in your mind, but growing up, it was like, oh, uh, Easter's in three days. You know, it just sneaks up on you. And then there's, you know, extended family comes over and then that's it. But it's this big day because you, you know, there's, you have Friday off from school and everything like that. There's a break around it. So when I was a teenager and I began to get plugged into a student ministry and find out more about the events of Easter, I can't pinpoint what my first Easter was like, but I can tell you that the the moment I, you know, there was a, a definitely a, um, like a point in time when it became less about this mythical bunny that somehow snuck into my house and left me video games and gift cards and more about this, you know, personalized Jesus that not only died for the world, but died for me and uh, just the whole events of Easter. And, you know, I had to come to terms with what I truly believed about it because the decision I made on, on what happened that in those days, you know, but ultimately reflect and change who I became today. So, Yeah, for me, um, you know, many of the listeners know that uh, I was raised uh, in a church, not a churched home, but I was a churched kid. They dropped me off at Sunday school. So from my earliest recollection, I understood what Easter was about. But in our house, it was it was more about uh, sort of the commercialized um, Easter. And so I – but if, if there was ever an opportunity for my parents to go to church – um, Christmas Eve and Easter were the times. And so I do remember going to some sunrise services, uh, especially as I got into middle school. I, I, um, I put myself in situations in church so that my parents would come and support me. And so I, I think um, one of the things that really makes me laugh when I think about it, I was in the children's choir, um, which was not something I enjoyed at all. But I knew that if I was up front, they would come to church to support me in that, and so they would be there. And so the same thing with sunrise service. Um, when our youth group said, we're going to start doing a sunrise service at the church, uh, every year I just sort of made sure I had some type of part, um, even if it was a setting up chairs, so my parents would come in and support that. But of course, later they came to Christ. And so I have, a, I have an early understanding uh, uh, in my mind. I always remember remembering what it was really about, um, but sort of this competition of, of what it was for our family and even our extended family. It was much more the commercialized um, things and as people came to Christ in our family, then then that changed a little bit. But as we sit here, you know, I, I was I was thinking about what a, what a difference a week makes uh, as we look at the life of Christ. And so, you know, Sunday earlier this week it, it was it was uh, Palm Sunday, and so we talk about the triumphal entry of Christ. And of course, uh, you know that that's interesting. We call it the triumphal entry. Um, I don't know what Christ would have called it. I mean, he weeps over the city. You know, it's 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 going to be an interesting week for him. Um, we understand why we call it triumphant, um, because he's coming to reveal his real purpose and not just words but action. But it's an interesting time in the life of Christ that whole week. One of his 12 will betray him. Um, he'll be beaten. And, of course, uh, Good Friday, and again, you may be listening to this after this is released, but it's, it's released on Good Friday. Um, we, we remember um, that... Uh, Christ uh, died for our sins, that he, he went to the cross. And I want to read a, a, a passage for us to sort of start our conversation. But Philippians 2, 5 through 11, Paul's writing to, of course, the church in Philippi, and he says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself uh, by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, 
so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Theologians call this the, the humiliation and exaltation of Christ that Paul walks us through, um, really what God has done for us. And, you know, it, it starts with the, the fact that, that God himself, Jesus Christ, uh, he came. He, he puts upon his divinity, humanity, uh, we call that the incarnation. Um, actually, another way of looking at it is the enfleshment of, of God. He actually takes on human form, right? He, he becomes the God-man. And for us, we, we at Christmas time, we, we celebrate the fact, oh, it's the birth of Christ, but we understand that it, it, it's humiliating for God to do that, that he humbles himself to do that. He's, he stoops below his... His uh, his position as creator of the universe and 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 God Almighty to take on human form like that that wasn't an honor it was humiliating and and, and to think about the fact that you look at the life of Christ his life starts like our lives started where here's God who his existence as 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 Christ as Jesus is in the hands of two other human beings. Like they care for him, they're changing his diaper. I mean, it, it, it's humiliating, right? I mean, when you think about this, he 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 stubs his toe. I'm sure at some point in his life, as he's working with his, you know, with Joseph out and wherever they're working as carpenters, right, and or stonemasons. There, I'm sure he cut himself. I mean, this is God who who's humbled himself, and and then of course we come to this week, and we realize that God's beaten. And the scripture tells us he's beaten to the point that we can't even recognize who he is. I mean, that's a bad beating. And then he's taken to Golgotha, and he's crucified. He dies, like, you know, and and so as we're looking at today, Good Friday, and this, this message of the cross, uh, as we head to the message of, of, of course, our risen Savior, how does that impact you as a believer? When you really, because one, you know, just like Christmas, we should remember that Christ came every day. You know, we should always remember what Christ did on the cross. But I love the fact in the Christian calendar we have these times set aside to, to be especially remember to remember these things that are so crucial to our faith. So, Brian, I'll start with you. What does what does it mean to you on this Good Friday that God humbled Himself to die for our sins? Man, I. I feel like every year that you would ask me that question, I would probably have a different answer for you. Um, I think just where our, our world is right now and uh, just where I'm at in life, like to be a Christian means that we are disciples of, of Jesus, we're followers of him. And and I, I just, <clears throat> he gives us such a an incredible example of leadership, uh, humbling himself. You know, it really fulfills that scripture of, you know, the first shall be last and the last shall be first, you know. And, and I don't think I can fully understand um, the sacrificial giving of, of his life for my own yet. You know, I feel like that'll happen when I die and when I see really, you know, all these things I've placed my faith into uh, kind of be, you know, before me. So it's a quick answer to your question, Craig, but it, man, if, if that's the humility that my savior, my teacher, my master, my friend has for someone like me, and he's called me to, to love my brother and even to, to pray for my enemy, like, surely I can do that since he did that for me. Yeah, it blows my mind to think that he says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they're doing Yeah, as they're crucifying them. And I often, I mean, I'm for many times I, I read that and I thought, they know exactly what they're doing, but mm-hmm. they don't. 
They know that they're, they're crucifying an innocent man, but they don't realize that they're crucifying the very son of God. Yeah, and, and one, I guess I'll just say one more thing. You know, we, we're, we're, whenever you're listening to this, I'm sure our world is still very divisive. And, you know, if somebody believes just one little thing that's different than you, you know, they're like this enemy that uh, you don't want anything to do with anymore. And, and the idea of reconcil- reconciling with another person, I feel like it, the gap there is growing wider and wider. And yet, like to your point, the people that literally beat the most innocent person on this planet to death, um, he forgave them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Betty, for you, well, you know, you look at the humiliation of Christ, this, this, this uh, amazing sacrifice and, and, and display of God's love for us. As a believer, how does that, how does that sit with you? What, what, what thoughts does it bring to your mind? Yeah, I, I hear what, what Brian said, and of course I would um, agree with all that he shared there, but it brings me to you know, to the reasons I, I began going to church when I was younger, just before my baptism, I started going to church because I was afraid not to. I started going to church because I was afraid if I didn't that this mighty God would come down on me, you know, and I would be in trouble, and then where would I be? And then we see this, you know, his death and his humiliation, as you've shared, and just all that happened on that day. And it just changes it all. You know, I don't any longer um, attend church because I'm afraid of what he will do if I don't, but because there's just such a need. And uh, I I shared earlier in the week that there's a felt need within me to have him as my Savior and my Lord. And uh, he loves so intensely and so deeply that it just changes everything. It changes the reasons, not just about attending church, but about desiring to learn and understand and grow in relationship with him and have my faith be transformed almost. Um, Brian, you shared that if someone was to ask you that question next year, it might look a little different, not because your faith is less, but because your faith is more. And you begin to understand it deeper and deeper and deeper. And uh, it just so changes it up in it reminds me of where I was at one point in my life. Uh, Who is still in that place? How can I help someone else to understand the truth of that message? You know, it's just powerful. Yeah, that's rich. That's rich. You know, I've heard many, many times, I've said it myself, you know, if if you, whoever the you is, if you're listening, this is you, right? For us, it's we're the you. But if, if you were the only person on earth, Christ would still die for you. And of course, that's speaking of the love of God. Oftentimes when that's mentioned, it's the love of God. Yet we we sometimes forget that what really happens at the cross is this colliding of two things, the love of God and our sin. And so another way of looking at when it says, if you were the only person that he would die for you, he would need to die for you no matter how good you think you are because you're still a sinner. And that your sin, no matter how you want to compare it to other people, it's any any finite act against an infinite God has infinite consequences. And so it is the love of Christ that hung him on the cross, but it's our sin as well. And it's so important, you know, in in this day and age in which preaching is supposed to be all positive, I guess, um, I think it's important we know the truth. And, and the truth is we're all in need of a Savior. And so as we sit on Good Friday, you know, I, for, for, as a kid, I thought, why is it called Good Friday? I mean, he's dying on the cross. That doesn't seem good. It's good for us. 
It's good because it glorified the Father. It's good because it shows the love of Christ and he answers the sin problem. That that a debt had to be paid that we couldn't know. We're not perfect, and so we can't make a perfect sacrifice. Christ was the perfect sacrifice. And so, yes, he loves us, but it dealt with sin once and for all. Our guilt was placed upon him. Our shame was placed upon him. And when he died on the cross, so did our guilt and shame. When we receive him as Lord and Savior, I mean, he, he paid it in full. When he says on the cross, it is finished, the finished work of Christ on the cross dealt with it completely. And, and so as, as I think about that, um, I'm somewhat speechless uh, to think about, first of all, the fact that it's really my sin that placed him there. Uh, then the reality of it is because of his love, he allowed himself to be placed there. Like, like you know, over and over again in the scriptures, in the gospels, it says, it says that it wasn't his time. It wasn't his time. And so he, he was in control of the whole thing. And so when it was his time, he, 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 he put his gaze toward Jerusalem. He enters in knowing that at the end of the week, he's going to be crucified. And, and that to me is a lot <laughs> it's mind-blowing a little bit. It's, it's a lot to take in, the profound love of God, the, the act of God, what he did for me. And so as we as we think about that, sort of coming to a, wrapping up this episode a little bit, and Betty, I'll start with you. You know, it's Good Friday. You know, we're, 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 we're remembering what Christ did on the cross for us. And so whether it's a personal insight or, or, or just a last word that you want to share with someone out there who, who's listening to this, what would you say to them as we remember this day in which Christ gave it all for us? I think there are so many, there's such a variety of beliefs out there. Uh, sometimes people tend to believe in whatever makes them happy in the moment. And, you know, I would argue against that because there is one truth. And when you can take a minute to sit in that one truth and really consider what it means for you and what it means for humanity, you know, uh, it, it just can change your thoughts and your, and your life and your future, and uh, it, it has a profound impact on who you are. And so if, if I was going to say one last thing, I, I just feel like I don't have, um, there's so much I could say, but I think the one, the one thing would be to sit in that truth. Really dwell on that for a minute. I often tell people don't dwell in things, but you need to live in that for a minute. You need to really consider that because it should change your perspective, your attitude, and your actions. Mm-hmm. That's great, Brian. What would you What would you share? Uh, so it's not like Good Friday, Easter events. It's not this just date on the calendar in which we remember. It was really like the catalyst. It was it was the cause that initiated the effects of what we've been seeing for thousands of years. So it's it's kind of this instrumental moment in time. If you think about it, and I, you know, Jesus gave it all so we could have it all in a way. But I think it's important to remember that it's because of Good Friday that I woke up today and I had salvation in Jesus Christ for my life. And I'll wake up tomorrow again, if Lord allows it, and I can have salvation in his name again and so on and so on. And, and I, um, I was just talking with somebody, uh, we sung a song this past weekend in our, in our corporate worship setting and uh, we reason the name Hosanna, and usually you see that a lot around Easter time. And it's interesting. Some people might think that that's actually you know like a name for God, but it's it's not. It's 
it's a cry. I think it translates as God help us, God save us. You know, and I would say to anyone listening, um, to shout Hosanna today. You know, realize the the depth of your need and and what areas of your life that you need salvation today because of what Good Friday did. It allowed that to happen today. And so you can be that new creation that Jesus has promised, and that's who, what he died for. He died so that we would have new life. We'd be born again with him, uh, you know, closer to heaven today than we were yesterday. And that's kind of where we're headed. So That's great. That's powerful. So I just want to say on this Good Friday podcast um, that when we really, really boiled it all down, God showed in such a profound way his love for us. And it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how you see yourself. God has value on you. He sees value in you. And you say, well, how do you know? Well, because he sent his one only son, Jesus Christ, to give his life for you. And I can't think of something more valuable than that. And, and you know, what, what, what gives something value? You know, I'm always amazed by that. You know, I'll see a sports card and I'll think someone paid what for that? Well, it, it's the person who's willing to pay for it, right? And that's what gives something value. And, and so God gave his one and only son. So if you're sitting there and you're, you're thinking, I don't really have much value, you're, you're being lied to. You're either lying to yourself, someone else is lying to you. God says you're of so much value, I sent my son to die for you. And, and so I would just encourage you, if you've yet to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior on this Good Friday, turn to the God who loves you so much, he gave his life for you. Turn to, turn to the God who, who sees that type of value in you. And, uh, and if you're in Christ, I, I disagree with, uh, so much with, with what Brian and, and Betty have been sharing. Um, man, just celebrate him. I agree. Cry out Hosanna. Uh, just, just spend some time today. Take some time and just be with you and God. Just thank him for the great price he paid on the cross. I want to invite you to come out and uh, listen to our well, you're not coming out. You're just going to listen. But listen to our next podcast. We're going to we're going to turn the corner. We've talked about the humiliation of Christ. We're going to talk about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And and it's interesting. Paul makes it very clear when he's writing to the Corinthian church that if there was no resurrection, then those of us who worship God would be fools. You say, well, how can that be? Well, you have to listen next week to find out. But for now, thank you so much for listening. Um, we uh, are really do value the fact that you take time out of your schedule to listen to this podcast. If you want to know anything more about this podcast or Crosswinds Church, all you have to do is go on over to crosswinds.church. That's where you can find out all things Crosswinds, find out more about this podcast. You can even communicate with us through crosswinds.church. But for now, uh, I want to say to you, happy Good Friday. Um, happy celebrating Good Friday. I'm not really sure what you Merry say. Merry Good Friday. What were you going to say? Merry Good Friday. Merry Good Friday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, as we remember what Christ did for us. And and for now, be blessed and, and bless others. Amen.